are now listening to the Legends Lingo Podcast, presented by CouchGuysSports.com. Here are your hosts, Al. You didn't ask him about I that long? I was getting there, Beetle. Now, what the holy fuck kind of host are you? I mean, you're Beetle, burying the lead. shit, dude. Someone Chris is... trip, please. Powder. Yes, sir. And Maddie D. Uh, and on top of that, now you have a triple effect. You have... The Niners looking for a long-term answer with Jimmy G in-house. Maybe they don't want to spend the money on Jimmy G. Maybe he gets freed up because they go after a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, who now theoretically could be freed up. So there's a lot of dominoes to fall. Enjoy the show. All right, everybody. Welcome back in. It is the Legends Lingo Podcast, episode 175. It's always presented by couchguysports.com check out everything on couchguysports.com from daily blogs to the podcast twitch channel youtube channel everything else in between alan hegan here on summer vacation i'm free i'm free from kids for three months i love it it's great i get to relax and i get to talk sports with a couple of great gentlemen here it's it's a good week for me it's great uh no tom powder cabins tonight night off just like in the mlb sometimes you just need a night off just to uh Reset everything, reset the buttons, make sure everything's going smoothly. So powder will be missed this week, but we have a full crew. We have our fill-in co-host is always wearing a disgusting hat, Maddie Burnett. Maddie, good to have you back on though. Uh, unlike you, I have 2000 kids tomorrow to, um, to educate and entertain. And I'm not on summer vacation. That doesn't happen until winter for me. Uh, disclaimer, Matt Burnett is not a teacher. He's an actor. So let's just make that yeah. clear. Historical actor, but yeah. <clears throat> A lot to talk about tonight. Bruins making a very shocking move that could alter the franchise for the foreseeable future. Uh, Boston Celtics, obviously, in the NBA Finals against the Golden State Warriors as we're recording on Thursday, June 9th. Celtics are up 2-1 to one in the series with Game 4 on Friday, June 10th. So we're going to talk about the first three games and preview Games 4 and 5. And then we're going to talk a little Patriots at the end, a little mini-camp action and a question that we're going to argue back and forth. Before we do that, though, Two guests tonight that are going to be talking to us mainly about the Cassidy firing. There you go. There's there's the cat slipping out of the bag, essentially. So we'll talk about that in a second. But it is Kevin Perdios and Chris Enrique of the Shorthanded Takes podcast presented by Couch Guy Sports. Guys, pleasure. I wish that we were coming on under uh, better circumstances. This is my debut as well on Legends Lingo. And it is. I just realized that. It is. I, I love it. And unfortunately, it's it's under some really tough circumstances. Yeah, we got to get you on this on a regular basis for for good things, happy things. Yeah, I'm, I'm always here for bad stuff. I feel like no matter what, I'm jumping. Yeah, off the bad news, yeah. You've been on a couple episodes where Kev, you've been you've been a, a frequent guest now. I think the Red Sox were bad. Like at one point, I think that the Patriots were were on a losing streak. Like you're just you're a bad luck person here. But we yeah, yeah. well. Everything turns around once I get on here. So hopefully this is this is kind of the turning point. And we, with this whole Cassidy thing, there's a shocking move of a hiring that ends up being a good hiring, but. Uh, we'll get into it. We'll, yeah, we'll, the, we'll get the, into all of it. So Kevin Perdios, Chris Enrique, obviously make sure to check out their stuff on Couch Guy Sports and make sure to rate and subscribe to the Shorthanded Takes podcast. Before we do all that, guys, I know I'm on summer vacation, but I'm still going to need that energy boost. And we can get it from our good friends at Shocked Energy, now known as Shocked Hydrate. Have you ever felt unable to focus? You're tired. You're just low on energy. We understand that feeling. 
We understand it so well that the Legends Lingo Podcast is brought to you by the Couch Guy Sports Network and sponsored by our friends over at Shocked Energy or Shocked Hydrate. Shocked Energy is a drink made by gamers and podcasters for gamers and podcasters. All their flavors come packed with 180 milligrams of caffeine to ensure that no matter what you're doing, your focus will always be razor sharp to keep you performing at the top of your game. Their formulas are designed to specifically give you high energy boosts when you need it the most, while ensuring to avoid the jitters after too much caffeine consumption. Head on over to shockedenergy.com and use the promo code CGSN today for 10% off your order. Check out their green apple flavors as well as their watermelon flavor. And don't worry, Shocked Energy ships worldwide. Kev, give me a random country in the world. Uh, Chile. I don't know. Chile. Love it. Chris, how about you? Random country. Uh, Uzbekistan. Oh, we got Chile, Uzbekistan. Maddie, give me one. Zimbabwe. Whether you're in Chile, Uzbekistan, Zimbabwe, Italy, Norway, wherever <laughs> you are at, Shocked Energy can ship to you worldwide. Get your Shocked Energy today. Help us gain your focus and energy back. 10% off, shockedenergy.com, promo code CGSN, all capitalized. All right, let's get to it. Kevin and Chris are on here for a reason. Bruins making a really shocking move. So I was out on Monday night. I was getting some things together for the last couple of days. And then I looked down in our Couch Guy Sports text group. And I think it was actually, I think it was Chris Enrique that broke it, said Bruce Cassidy fired. So on Monday night, now former Bruins head coach, Bruce Cassidy, fired by Don Sweeney, fired by Cam Neely. Bruce Cassidy in his Boston Bruins career, 245, 108, and 46. Led the Bruins, obviously, to the 2009 Stanley Cup final. Losing in game seven. But let me tell you something. And this is from the casual hockey fan. I'm not as much of a diehard as you two guys are of the Bruins and Maddie of that team in Canada that we don't name, Toronto Maple Leafs. But to me, this, this firing seems really odd. I can understand it in a sense because maybe the Bruins are heading in a new direction. Maybe they just want a new voice on the bench. Like I can understand that component of it, but if you want something at least constant in place, keep the guy that has led you to the playoffs pretty much every year. Keep the guy that has led you to a Stanley cup final. Keep the guy that at least gives you a good chance to win now and win in the future. So I don't know. It's a move that I don't understand. Maybe you guys can give me some clarity on it. Maybe you guys can explain it to me a little bit more. Like I'm five years old, but I don't know. Shorthanded takes guys. Why did the Bruins fire Bruce Cassidy? Then we'll get Maddie's opinion as a non Bruins fan here. Uh, I mean, because it's a good old boy network down there, right? Don, Don Sweeney, Cam Neely, they both know that they're fucking terrible at their job. So they, they have to blame someone. And they, they choose to tr- pick the coach that led us to the playoffs every single year. He's been the head coach. He took over in a, when Claude Julian was an awful coach and turned that team around almost immediately. It, it's We touched on it probably months ago of like, Hey, is this a possibility? And I think unanimously we were all kind of like, yeah, because it's the Bruins. Yeah. Because it's Don Sweeney. Yeah. Because it's Cam Neely, you know, and, and it's a terrible decision. I, I've said it before in the group chat with the guys that I can't wait for Cassidy to win a Stanley cup in the next two to three years with another team. 
he's going to go to somewhere and he's going to catch on right away and he's going to win because none of this, the bottom line is none of this is Cassidy's fault. It's he's been coaching six years with one forward line and one D parent and he's made it work because he's held people accountable. He's called people out and that's how you should be, especially in Boston. We're not, we're not some soft ass hockey town like Toronto who unanimously I, I ripped all over Toronto and I'll continue to do it because they're frauds, but I, <laughs> I'm getting Maddie B pumped up right now. He's like riled this. up. Oh, <laughs> he's riled up. The accent's going to come yeah. out. But dude, you know, it, it's, it's shocking to an extent, but from, from the real Bruins fans that have really been kind of the diehard Bruins fans that have been paying attention. It's like, it's just another day. It's another, like, here we go again. You know, who else are you going to bring in? Because when you bring in someone else and we suck or we're mediocre for the next two to three years, are you going to blame that coach as well? Like at some point you need to look in the mirror and be like, dude, this comes back to 2015 when you had no idea how to draft. So Still what do you want us to do? All right, Chris, I know you want a lot of takes out there. So I want to hear your side of things now. So here's the deal, right? Um, Cause we've talked about it a few times on the shorthanded takes pod am I, you want to move on from your coach and you want to, I guess the term they're using is a new voice. All right, whatever. The timing is weird. Why are you doing it now? Why didn't you go and let him go 48 hours within getting bounced from the hurricanes? So what happened from when they lost till now, what it seems to me is very simple. Don Sweeney's ass is 100% now on the line. And he knows that I need to do something to try to, to shake it up and do something that's drastic. Unfortunately, what should have been done was if you're going to fire the coach and just blow the whole thing up, blow out Neely. It's time for him to go. It's time for Sweeney to go. You want a new voice? Start from the very top. That's what they should have done. But instead, they're not going to do that. And they're not going to let go Sweeney now either. We're a month out from the NHL draft. You're not going to go through the hiring process and then have that person figure out with it, you know, what, two weeks to figure out how they're going to draft for this team and then free agency. We're stuck with Sweeney. He'll be lucky if he makes it through the middle of the season next year when he should have been the guy as well as Neely to both go. Now, again, I just find the timing to be weird. Now Cassidy's saying, you know, he was completely, you know, blindsided basically by that. What happened? You know what I mean? Something had to have happened. Is it that Cam Neely really wanted him gone the whole time. I mean, if we go back a couple of weeks, Neely had those comments that he put out there about the coach. And I found that to be a little telling, but again, why didn't you let him go then? Why are we waiting a month after when you've seemingly told your fan base, you've told your team. And by the way, you've kind of told your head coach, you got you're back for next year. What changed? And to, to Kevin's point, you know, we're going to we're going to now go into an offseason where what's super puzzling to me is you're, you're going to either build back around Bergeron for one year or you're going to go younger. Tells me this dude doesn't know what the hell he wants to do. So I don't know. I think the Bruins have massively fumbled this and the Jacobs family continues to be an exit ownership group. They're, they're not here. They have no idea what's going on with this with this team. And until they decide they want to go ahead and, and pull the, their, their head out of their ass 
and blow this thing up. And I don't mean the roster. You don't really have to do that, but just go and get a new voice, a new president, a new, a new general manager. And obviously you're going to get a new, new coach until then guys, like second round. That's what this team's going to be a second round team. Maddie, as the non-Bruins fan, your thoughts, and, and keep in mind, remember this, at least the Bruins can get out of the first round more often than not. I know this year they didn't, but... Here comes the payback. <laughs> more often than not. Go ahead. I'll admit, the Bruins are very good at a lot of things. They got some good goalies, got some good players. They're really good at losing at Game 7s at home on the ice. Uh, let's see. They're also really good at making some bad bad decisions like letting Cassidy go. This was a horrible decision uh, by, by Neely and the other clown on that team, uh, Sweeney. Bruce Cassidy will, will win the Stanley Cup in the next two years on whoever signs him, which I think it should be Vegas. Vegas should be all in on him, not Trotz. It should be Cassidy. They should be all in on him. Now there's reports that Pasta may or may not be a fan of Sweeney. May or may not want to come back. Um, I know there's some uh, lunatic Bruin fans out there who think that David Krejci is going to want to come back. No. Uh, yeah, uh, the Bruins' window of winning a Stanley Cup, I think it has closed. Despite all that, you know, they have talent on that team. Bergeron might not come back. This might influence him to, to actually retire this decision to let Cassidy go. Uh, you still got Rat on that team, Rat Marchand. Um uh, he, he's a good player, but he's also good at doing bad things. Um, I don't know. A guy named Kadri, huh? What? Reminds me of a guy named Kadri. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, I think they, I think the Bruins took a step back here because they, they had a chance to really improve as a team. So it looks like they were, and now they're taking a step back. Yeah, the, the only thing I would add with the Bergeron thing is what, which makes it even more confusing. Neely, Neely and um, Sweeney have basically both came out and said, you know, they're they're trying to – what Bergeron's decision is is going to dictate what they do. So it's kind of like on the surface, you're like, all right, maybe Bergeron really uh-huh. didn't like Cassidy. Maybe that was like – we got reports of that early in the year. It seemed to be squashed. Maybe this is all right. This is a last ditch effort to keep Bergeron back for one more year. But if it's not, and if you really don't know that this is going to bring Bergeron back, why did you do it even more? Because you've said, even in your press conference, that, yeah, the direction of our team is kind of deciding on Bergeron. So, why don't you let Bergeron make the decision first and then adjust from there? Like if you're right. going to revolve around Bergeron, which you should, and it's the right decision, you don't fire your coach yet. And in, in this, this narrative that, you know, he was too hard on Jake DeBrusque. What, that's- as far as I'm concerned, what did Jake DeBrusque do to end the year? Once he made a trade request. He went off. Ha- he he went off. He so. <laughs> So before we go and blame someone else and say, oh, he's too hard on DeBrusque, why don't we look DeBrusque in the mirror and be like, maybe DeBrusque was a clown for the first time. And then was like, oh, shit, to get traded, I actually need to play well. All right, maybe I'll start playing hockey. Right. Like, 
so there's so there's a lot to kind of digest here, right? So you think about this, it's not just the coaching, but it's a lot of what ifs right now. We don't know what the deal with Bergeron is. We don't know if he's going to come back. Brad Marchand's out for, I think, he's out for an extended period of time. He got double surgery hip. in the offseason. Not only double that, what was that, Chris? Double hip surgery. Yep, okay. So, so there's that. Not only that, you have Charlie McAvoy. I believe Matt Grizzlick's in there. Mike Riley, if I'm not mistaken, I think too had surgery. So there's four guys right there that mm-hmm. you're not sure of that are on your roster right now. And then I think it was Maddie that said it. David Posternock only has one more year on his contract. Sure, they're going to try to work on an extension. But after seeing everything that's gone on, is he going to want to sign that extension? Because he likes Boston and he realizes he can be that new era of, you know, kind of captainship in a sense. Or is he going to say, you know what? This team's not going anywhere for a while. Why am I going to waste my time here? And I can go get a big contract elsewhere and go try to win a Stanley Cup somewhere else on a team that's ready now. So there's a lot of questions that go into this. So now this leads me into my my next question, and then the shorthanded takes guys. I know they got to go. We're talking with Kevin Perdios and Chris Enrique of the Shorthanded Takes Boston Bruins podcast on the Couch Guy Sports Network. Kevin and Chris and Maddie, feel free to jump in on this too. Obviously, Bruce Cassidy, we want him to be the head coach, but obviously he's not going to be. So who's the next head coach? Like, there's one guy I see, and I know this isn't going to be a popular answer, but Barry Trotz is a guy that he's won a Stanley Cup. He's had history. He won a Stanley Cup with the Capitals. He turned the Islanders into a playoff team. Like I'm not saying it's the best hiring, but it's definitely not the worst. I don't know. Convince me otherwise. Who are some names? The, yeah, I mean the the obvious names out there, right? The Trots, the um, the you can think of those. I just I don't see it. To be honest, what I really do think. They're gonna go get a guy from college. They're gonna they're gonna bring someone up from, I don't know. Well, I don't know some college program because the main narrative around Cassidy was he's too he's too hard on the young guys. So how do you kind of fill that gap? Go get a guy that has he's made his name for being around young guys, coaching young guys, and and talented young guys. I, I don't know who that may be. I don't know where it'll come from. Barry Trotz is a great name if you're staying within the um, the league. Um, John Tortorella is another dude that I would say, but at the same time, if you go, but if you go that route, it won't happen because if you go that route, it, it's a lot of what the hell are you doing. Oh, but imagine the talk got, show ratings talking about John Tortorella behind right. the Bruins bench. That would be, would be great. amazing. It would be great, and I I like Tortorella's style. It's, it's phasing out for sure, 100%. But I like it. And if you're, if Bergeron comes back, we have to imagine it's one year. That if he comes back, you need to push for this year. And that yeah. means you're going to get other guys. You're going to get dudes that may only have a year or two left on their contracts. Like you're literally pushing all the chips in before you blow this up. And um, you know, a, a guy like like Trotz or Tortorella may be the answer, but I, my gut is saying they're going to get a young guy. They're going to get a college coach that no one's really thinking of, and and that's the way it's going to go. They're going to be – what we need to prepare for to kind of close this out is the Bruins to be mediocre for the next five years. Like, And I'm talking where we may sneak into the playoffs because – 
we've said it before in our group chats with the shorthanded takes, like they're not going to blow this up. They're going to find ways to just be mediocre, like good enough. We may sneak into the playoffs. We may not We'll be on the line, but you're still having Swayman, Hall, McAvoy, Lindholm. Like you got talent there where it doesn't excuse you from tanking. So you're kind of in that middle ground of you need to make a clear decision on what you're going to do. And if it's a rebuild, Pasta, Marshan, those type of guys are, are going to be shipped out. What do you got, Chris? You know, who they hire in what direction is going to really, I guess, begin to give you an idea of what they're going to do this offseason. I don't want Tortorella. I'm not a fan of him whatsoever. Um, I think that shtick has grown old. I think it'll be cute for a little while, and then we're going to be getting – we're just going to get sick of it. There's a reason why that, that dude keeps bouncing around the NHL and he can't stick with the team long term. I, I don't – I'm not interested in that. I don't, I'm not interested in him. I'm not interested in his opinions about – I just – I'm not interested in him as a head coach. I'm good. Um, I, I kind of have to agree with Kevin. I think if you're going to bring in someone – um, and you're going to go outside the box. Why not the dude from Providence College? They tried to hire him. So Nick Lehman, they tried to hire him to be the P Bruins head coach a few years back. He turned that down. Now he is signed to an, he signed an extension with, with PC, but we know that doesn't really mean anything in the college ranks. So it's clear that the Bruins have had mutual interest in him in the past. You know, whereas everybody, we're, we're saying the same names, the trots and all those other dudes, but could they go and do that? I'm going to be really rip shit if it's like a guy like Chris Kelly. Nothing against Chris Kelly, but it's bring in a new voice, bring in, you know, bring in something that isn't currently embodies Neely and Sweeney and, and just that good old boy club. But right. I think Lehman, what he could do is, you know, you're going to appeal to the younger player. He's handled college kids. You have younger, you have some young players. You don't have, you know, a full bevy of them in, in the program, but you know, Sweeney made it, you know, known that he could go and move players to get younger. So if that's the direction, then maybe you bring in a young coach who can tap into those players versus some of these older guys who are established that may not want to want to go through potentially a, you know, rebuild on the fly, which, which what they might do. And, you know, you guys said it before, there's a ton of injuries in, and I don't, that's another thing too. Sweeney with his whole injury, he just kept saying that in the press conference, like that meant shit. You're the general manager. You should have went out and, and made more and or better moves. Don't hide yep. behind injuries. That happens in sports, but they have a ton of dudes who are going to go into the season that are on the shelf. What are you going to do to navigate around that? Especially if you're talking about potentially trading David Posternak, which when you have a score, I can't understand why you'd want to unload a person, but whatever. Um, you know, I just, I have, a, my confidence meter is incredibly low. We've seen how he's drafted. Um, we've seen some of the free agent moves that he's made. You know, he can show us if he can sign the older veteran aging player, but he hasn't shown us he can go out and get a younger player. I'm not sold on Lindholm after seeing what we saw out of him. Uh, after the trade, he wasn't healthy. He was hurt constantly, constantly was hurt. So is that an anomaly or is, is Hampus Lindholm soft as shit? Like those are two things. And, you know, it, I don't know, you know, we don't get to see a lot of him when he was out in Anaheim, but it is what it is. 
I want to circle back on something though, really, really quick. Um, the game seven losing on the home ice is actually not true. If you go back and Google 2013, um, Maple Leafs Bruins, they were up by like uh, four some odd goals. Um, so go down that if you want to take a look at revisionist history. Um, so I've been, I've been stewing on that now for about 20 minutes after you said that. Well, in, in Maddie's defense, he's a newly formed you know, Maple Leafs fan. I have another question on that, too, because obviously I've seen that on, on the, uh, the the Twitter feed. I, I Why have you – what what happened with the Sharks? Why have you – All right, here's what happened. All right, here's what happened. I didn't know a single Sharks fan that was, like, proud to be a Sharks fan. So I, I was, like, the only one on Twitter just, like, rooting for that. I was like, all right, it's kind of boring. And then I met some people from Canada that were all Leafs fans. They were like, why the fuck are you a Sharks fan? And I explained why. And they were like, that's dumb. Be a Leafs fan. And I was like, all right, you're right. This is a dumb reason. Won't get into the reason why I'm a Sharks fan on here or why I was one. If you want to know, you can just message me, Chris. I'll happily tell you. And um, it's like, yeah, all right, I'll rock with Toronto. And I go in love with the team. And. Yeah. All right. Well, I, you know, I've been wondering that for, for a, a little bit now. Now we've somewhat cleared up the air on that. Um, but yeah, no, I just did a couple of minutes, Google's a few YouTube videos. To see <laughs> exactly how you, how you come back and close out a game seven. Um, but I don't know, guys. It's unfortunate. I got a, I got a name for you. Oh, go ahead. I got a name, too. I've I got a name. And it just oh, hit me while we were talking. Don't be don't be shocked if UMass Amherst, their coach ends up in the Boston Bruins organization. Ooh. Right? He's he's turned that program around, right? And UMass Amherst has consistently been contending for the last two, three, four years. I think they won the national championship a few years back, or they maybe did. even last year. I, I think it was um I think it was 2021 that they won it. Yeah, so that that could very well be a name. Um <laughs> throw some serious money at him, pry him away from UMass and, and see, because you don't need the guy to move. He's probably, probably in the area. Um, so I think it's, it's Greg, Greg Carville. I'm going to try Screw to confirm. It. I'm going to try to confirm that right now. Looking at the UMass website. Yep. Greg Carville. Okay. That's, that's, so, that's quite the name. I know you guys got to go record shorthanded takes for real quick before we leave. Shout out your social, shout out your pod, and appreciate you guys coming on. Well, I guess I guess my I guess my opinion doesn't matter because I had a I had a name. But, all right, <laughs> do it Maddie, quick. I want to hear it. I want to hear the name. All right, uh, Jay Leach. He's an assistant coach on the Kraken. He has ties to the AHL, um, Providence Bruins. He was head coach there from 2017 to 2020. He was the head coach. Uh, he they made the playoffs every year that he was a head coach. He finished with a record of, I believe, 136, 77, and 26. That's a good record. He'll be very appealing to the young players, and he'll be able to make make a better connection to what Cassie could have done with the younger players on the team. Fair enough. All right. Now, now, shout out the socials. <laughs> yeah, so um, find me over uh, at my name, so just at Chris Henrik. And then, obviously, you can hit us up at Shorthanded Takes, which – I'm limited on how many letters that that is. I'll tell you in a second. So let Kevin go ahead and uh... <laughs> Kevin, go ahead and yeah, shout that out um, while Chris gets the other. Um, obviously, shorthanded takes. Once Chris tells us that, you can find me there. Um, and then my Twitter is K Perdios, so P E R D I O S 1515. 
So, yeah, that's, that's it. That's the whole shindig. Now I got to uh, go over to shorthanded takes and rip Cassidy a new one. Even more, I mean, sorry, rip Sweeney and Neely a new one Good. going forward. So hop on, pay attention to that. And yeah. Oh, I, can't, I can't wait for that pod. You guys got the, uh, the Twitter shorthanded TKS. He's really a lot of 15 characters. Maybe Elon can fix that once he gets fully established. Um, it's going to be the most volatile podcast that has been recorded on this network this year. Oh, I can't wait to listen to it. Don't Kevin, let children, don't let children listen. <laughs> Kevin Perdios, Chris Enrique. Don't, don't let Clay Thompson listen. because yeah, oh, We're, we're going to get into that next. I wish you guys would stick around, <laughs> but we're going to get into that next. Kevin Perdios, Chris Enrique, shorthanded takes. Make sure to check them out on Twitter. Check out all their work everywhere. Kevin, Chris, thanks, guys, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks. No problem, guys. So there you have it. Two Bruins fans, diehard Bruins fans, letting Don Sweeney and Cam Neely have it. Oh, I'm going to have to listen to that pod. I'm gonna oh, have I can't. To listen to it. <laughs> I can't wait to listen to that episode. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, we are going to transition, though. We've talked enough about the Bruins. We'll get into the Celtics. But first, go to exogun.com, get 10% off with the promo code CGS10 at checkout, CGS capitalized. Get your massage therapy guns, whether you're on the trail, podcasting, mm-hmm. complaining about your coach getting fired, or you just want to, you know, get it after a good, strong workout. Make sure that you go to exogun.com, 10% off, promo code CGS10, 10% off your massage therapy gun today. Boston Celtics, NBA Finals. Celtics are currently up in the series against the Golden State Warriors, two games to one. Game one, Celtics... Decent first half, bad third quarter because the Warriors just own the third quarter for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Well, no, the Celtics, they this is what they they love not playing in the third quarter. But see, that's that's <laughs> that's that's where you're wrong because during the regular season, they, they were, were actually, great at it. And then the playoffs they were good. Happened, they're like, Ugh, about the, play, it. the playoffs, yes. The playoffs they've been bad. <laughs> the regular season they were good, playoffs they've been bad. Yes, playoff third quarter. <laughs> playoffs. Right. So they were down 92 to 80 in game one. Celtics come out and score 40. That's right, 4-0, 40 points in the fourth quarter to steal game one on the road, 120 to 108. Mm-hmm. Game two, Celtics played okay in the first half. In the third quarter, the Golden State Warriors just ran away with it. Jordan Poole hitting a 40-foot three-pointer to end the third quarter. I'm like, all right, this game's over. And Draymond, get- got, and Draymond got away with like 45 tackles. Oh, we're going to get into that. <laughs> Celtics get smacked, 107-88, series tied at one. Mm-hmm. Celtics come home first game at the TD Garden in the NBA Finals since 2010. 12 years, 12 long years, 12 long, grueling years of being a Celtics fan through the KG ass. and Pierce trade to Kyrie Irving to every Isaiah Thomas, everything else. They're back in the finals, come away with a 16 point victory, 116 100 victory over the Warriors. Celtics are now currently up two games to one, and they face the Warriors at the Garden on Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, there's a lot of different directions, Maddie, we can take with this, but I think the obvious one we have to talk about, and you just mentioned it, Draymond Green. He sucks in this series. He has not played well. He's been bad. So, (laughs) in the first three games, I think Draymond Green has the same amount of points and fouls in three games combined. He's he's averaging a triple single, in the words of Charles Barkley. I love that. That's so funny. A triple single. What a, a word. Triple single. His game, yeah, see, his game makes me yawn. His game three, two points, four rebounds, three assists. 
That's a, that, that is a quality triple single right there. It's horrible. It is absolutely horrible. Here's the thing with Draymond Green. I didn't mind him before. Like, I thought he was outspoken. He kind of looked like whatever. And I don't know if you saw this, but there was the video during the Western Conference semifinals against Memphis when they're getting blown out. And the rapper's playing Whoop That Trick. And he's like, yeah, waiting he's to- like dancing around. With oh, like, I, I, like, I, I was laughing at it. I was like, what is this dude doing? Like, oh, I love it. I, I was, I was like, I, I was like, good for Draymond for just like enjoying the fact that he, they're losing by like thirty at that point or whatever. Because he knew they were going to win Game Six, and sure enough, they yeah. blew out. They Memphis already accepted Memphis. the loss, and they're like, I right, screw it, let's have fun. But exactly, like it was, and I was fine with it. Like even Steph was like, all right, Draymond, like that looks like fun. All right, exactly. <laughs> so, so now you have Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm emphasizing the the A, but Draymond Green. He, I was watching the games with my dad and we were talking about it and we were just like, oh my goodness, this dude is a straight up bully. He's a, he's, he's a, he's an instigator. He's a guy, he's a less talented version of Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. That's who he is. Like he's trying to be Dennis Rodman. He's trying to be like the Bill Lambeer, Rick Mahorn, bad boys of the 19, the late 1980s, uh, early nineties Pistons. Yeah. If, if like let's say like Draymond versus Dennis Rodman when he was Dennis Rodman, Rodman would beat the shit out of him ten times out of ten. Absolutely, no doubt about it. I mean, this is the thing in game two. Draymond Green got to the Celtics. He did, like like no doubt about it. He got under their skin. He was trying to like pull Jalen Brown's pants down, and then there was a loose ball. Like Jalen Brown takes three. Yeah, I, I watched the game. I know. <laughs> right, right. I'm saying for the fans that didn't, Draymond yeah. fouls him. Then he like puts his feet on on uh, Jalen Brown's face, and it, it was just a whole thing. And, and I'm saying to myself, been ejected for like 45 calls, by the way, that he got he got that game. But I know, and it's you know ESPN wants to baby him and say he already has technical, so he can't get another one. That's just not allowed because ESPN won't admit that they're all rooting for the Warriors in this series. Because God forbid, they, one of them roots for a Boston sports team that's not Kendrick Perkins or true. I think, that's it. I, think it's, I almost just said Paul Pierce, but he doesn't work there anymore. No, he doesn't. But the thing is, right, and we all remember in 2016 against the Cavs, Draymond got thrown out of the game. Yeah, he did. And he that did. honestly ultimately costed the Warriors the series. They got he thrown out. Cost them another ring. Cost them their fourth ring, I'm pretty sure. I, I think it, I think it would have been four in four years. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been four straight years they would have won the title. So they, but, won two with, they won two with KD. Yep, and 17 and 18. Yep. But yeah, regard- they would have won four straight if Draymond didn't get kicked out, which is insane to think about. I know. It's it's nuts. But regardless, Draymond Green is a basketball player. Like, I'm sorry, but he's past his prime. Yeah. He is. He's a non-factor. Like, the big three now in, in Golden State's very easy. It's Steph Curry. It's Clay Thompson. It's Jordan Poole. Simple. Yeah. And you can you can make a case for Andrew Wiggins too. Wiggins is a good fourth. Gary piece. Payton too. You can make an argument for him. Yeah, but he's more of a bench guy. I don't see him. like he's a good he's a good bench. He's player. he's a good he's a good off the bench player right there. Yes, he, he's like a Grant Williams. He's I agree a solid six man. I agree with that. Or like a Derek White. I agree with that. Yeah. So, not only that, but after Game Three, and this is where I I was laughing. <laughs> Draymond, Clay Thompson. And Steve Kerr, and and I like Steve Kerr. He's a he's a mild mannered guy. 
He understands. I still like Steve Kerr after what he's like. He's defending his players. Like I did the same thing if I was in his position. I do too. No, I I still like Steve Kerr, but at the same time, they're commenting on the Celtics fans like swearing at them, the F U Draymond, you know, chants, all this stuff. Clay Thompson saying uh, saying stay classy, Boston. Like it's just insane to me. Do they realize that they 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 used to be in the same area as the Oakland Raiders and those fans would like literally like kill each other. For real. And not only that, right? In the 2016 finals, as LeBron's walking off the court, a lady in the stands calls him a PAB. Was that the finals? That was the finals. Are you sure? I I know know the clip you're talking about. That was the finals? Yes, because Clay Thompson after the game, and I remember because the finals background was in the press conference, Clay Thompson's like, oh, I guess he just got his feelings hurt or whatever. Like, it's the biggest hypocrisy. Oh, I guess Draymond and Clay got their feelings hurt then. Screw up. Right. That's what I'm saying. They literally <laughs> they got their feelings hurt. Like now it's going like to be 10 times worse. Every fan base screams F you at somebody. I know. Like, and, for example, every fan base will scream F you at Grayson Allen. Absolutely. Including theirs. <laughs> right. And the thing is, and I heard former guest of the show, Mark the Beetle Bertrand, talk about this on 98.5. You would rather have you know, a whole fan base for 30 seconds being like F you, whatever your name is, as opposed to one singular person going directly at you, like, and threatening you and stuff like that. Like that's out of line. Like even I remember. Oh, yeah. no, whenever, whenever like a fan, like for example, that fan threw the water ball at Kyrie last, last year, I think it was. That's, that's, the, that's the instant. I was just like, about to like, talk no, about. Like you, you don't, no matter what, like, yeah, we, you know, every Celtics fan is great. Like Kyrie, Kyrie's a bump, whatever, but you, you don't, you, you don't throw things at them. You don't. You'd say boo, F you, you suck all you want at them. Don't. First of all, they don't care. First of all, Kyrie could probably care less yep. about, about, about if someone said you suck to him. But it's like you throw something at him, it's like, all right, you went over the line, no matter who you are. I don't, I don't care who you are. You don't, you don't go after somebody. And I'll say this. There has been a villain in every series the Celtics have played. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Round one, Kyrie Irving. Kevin Durant, I would like he was good, but he wasn't as big of a villain and as big of a storyline yeah. as Kyrie was. So that's round one. Round two is Giannis because of how good he is. And like he wouldn't even get booed when he touched the ball. Everyone's just like, oh shit, Giannis has the ball. We're right. Do something with it. Round three, Jimmy Butler. Same thing. Great player. Mm-hmm. And then in the finals, it's Draymond. And tomorrow, as when you're listening to this podcast, it's going to be the day of the game. So today, when this comes out, Fans are going to be heckling and booing the living crap out of Draymond and out of Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson, he had his one game. He had 25 points in game three. I think he had, like, I don't know how many. Did he? He had that many? He had 25 in game three. Good for him. (laughs) Yep, he had his big game. But honestly, Matty, and, and I'm saying this knocking on wood. You heard me knocking on the wood. And you knocked on the wood, too. Clay Thompson... He's not what he used to be. He was out for two years. He was out for yeah, two it, It's years. expected for him to not be like what he was a few years ago before he got hurt. Right. He exactly. was a lights-out shooter a few years ago. Now, it takes him a little while to get going. It does. Like, he, he didn't have a good okay, game one, too. Yeah. Right. Like, he did not – like, he didn't shoot the ball that well in games one and two. Like, he shot okay in game three. But mm-hmm. I seriously think that it's going to be a game where Steph Curry needs Jordan Poole – or Andrew Wiggins to step up and have a big game. He, he needs them. 
Now in game four, let me ask you this game four, who do you like just to win the game? The Warriors and Celtics. Warriors tend to do very well after a loss as we saw in game two. And so do the Celtics. However, yeah, but I know that's the thing, but do the Celtics, I don't know. It's, it's tough to say that because you just don't know what Celtics team is going to show up. I know. Is it going to be the Jalen Brown show, who, by the way, is my MVP in the finals so far? Oh, absolutely. No or doubt about it. Is, is Jalen Brown going to do what he did last night and just pop off at the beginning? And then Tatum's going to struggle? Or is Tatum going to be like, all right, my turn, and he's going to drop like a 40-point game out of nowhere? So here's that's the, thing. the thing. That's 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 the thing. It, it just depends on is Jalen going to show up? Yep. Where's Tatum going to show up? And I right. apologize. You're about to hear some barking. Uh, my mom and my brother just got home, so you're going to hear my dog bark for the next ah, 10 minutes. That's all right. We love the Savannah content. Yeah. So here's the thing. I really do think that Golden State's going to win game four. I do. I think they're, they're going to bounce back. I'm not saying the Celtics won't be competitive, but I, Golden State's been here before. They know how to – if they, if they win game four – then they're in a really good spot because then they got two games in Golden State. And I love the Celtics. I love what they've done in this finals run. But, Maddie, I think we can be realistic here. How much longer can we really expect them to always bounce back just like that after a loss, especially on the road? Yeah. Here's my thing. I think tomorrow night, too. I, I agree with that. I think Golden State bounces back tomorrow night. It's going to be a close It's gonna be a close game tomorrow night. But I think Golden State will pull it, will, they, they will pull it out tomorrow night and win. I think game five – because it's going to be in, in Celtics' mind, we can win on home court in Game Six if they lose tomorrow night. Yeah. Let's say let's do a hypothetical. They lose tomorrow night, two two, going back to Golden State. It's going to be in the back of their minds of if we win the next two games, not only are we champs, we're doing it at the Garden. We're winning at the Garden. But wouldn't you think, right? And here's here's the thing with that. Wouldn't you think that they would want to take care of business in Game Four? Because then they win. That's games. the thing. Yeah. And then they got some breathing room to do. They got some breathing room. Right, but if they if they lose that game six and, and Golden State wins two in a row, then they're going to have all the momentum going into game seven. Yeah. It's the only thing that scares me. But here's the thing. Do I think Golden State will win? Yes. Would, it, would it surprise me uh-huh. if the Celtics won in game four? Yeah. Yes, I, but not. I would be, I'd be surprised not only if they won, but if they won in dominant fashion. That I would be surprised about. If they won the game like 111 to 105 or something like that, mm-hmm. I wouldn't if it's be. A blowout, if it's a, I'll be happy. I'll be happy. You kidding me? But I'll just of be course. surprised. But it's not. It's not going to be a case where we're utterly shocked. Like it's like, oh, okay, that's a pleasant surprise. That yeah. that's the whole thing. And I think if you're the Celtics, you got to come out with a sense of urgency. Like yeah. there's there's three things that scare me with this Celtics team. Can you name those three things? The inconsistency of Jason Tatum. Not even on there, but okay, I'll give you that. Um. Is it about particular players or general? Just general in general. general. Celtics turnovers. Turnovers. That's number one. And this is a this is a legit stat. In the playoffs, the Celtics, I think, are they're like ten and two or something when they turn the ball over fifteen or less times. Something crazy like two, that. Though? What are the other? I couldn't. What are the other two? Then well, I couldn't even think of it. Blowing turnovers. big, blowing big leads. Oh mm, uh, yeah. Uh, are you, could you combine that with the third quarter? You could. But yeah. here's here's the last thing, and nobody's talking about this. Free throw shooting. Yeah, it's nobody, been an issue. Nobody's talking about it. Look look at game three. Jason Tatum, 
goes one for two at the line to start. Marcus Smart misses two free throws at the line. Al Horford misses two free throws at the line. You cannot, against the Warriors, expect to get away got, with giving away free points. If it's you a, got free points, you got to take them, especially against this team. Yeah. It's a free Steph, Steph, Steph by himself could go on a 15-0 run. I know, and that's the part that scares me. Like, even my dad, when we were watching the game, the Celtics were up 12 with, like, four minutes left. Party. Even 98.5 talked about it. And they were – he was like, is this game over? I'm like, no, it's not over. Like, the, the Warriors can go on a run in 30 seconds and get it to within two with three and a like, half left. Like, last night, for example, I went to – you know, because the game started at 9 o'clock at night because, you know, NBA, but – Of course. Um, I went to bed when they were up by – I think they were by, like, what, 12, 13 at the half last night? And I honestly thought, okay, they'll probably like lose a little bit of it, but they'll be able to maintain it. Right. Did not think then of their quarter it'd be 85, 83 or whatever it was. I know. It's, listen, after the Warriors went on that run, smart hitting the corner three to put them back up two, that was a big momentum changer. They mm-hmm. needed that play. That's something I'm worried about too. Marcus Smart. He's still is shooting those threes that he doesn't need to. If he's if Marcus Smart is open, if he has a good clean if he's look, open, he'll do it. But if he's got a guy on on him, sometimes he'll do it instead of giving the ball to Tatum or Brown so they can make a player. You know, right. even give it a, even give it to Al Horford. He's been great this series too, except know. You know, at the line. But he's been great. Or you could feed Robert Williams down below. Williams has been great too this series. You know, and despite that, battling this knee injury that he's had, he's played very well. And that's something else. By the way, you're going to hear my fan in the background. Sorry about it. Oh, you've heard mine the entire time. Perfect. But but here's uh-huh. the thing, and here, here's something that I don't know if a lot of people are realizing: the Celtics are going away from their traditional two big lineup. Like they're going away from Horford and Williams on the floor at the same time. They're going with the smaller lineup, and they're going with either Williams on the floor or Al Horford. Well, they did. They did. They did Williams and Horford last night. That's to, how to, they to start. To start. But as the game progressed on, you started they to realize an, they had an early um, substitution where they took Rob out and they put Derek White in. Yep. Which, I like Derek White by the way. He's been good this series. Derek. I know White. you're not the world's biggest Derek White fan, but I'm a, I'm a fan of this kid. Well, he's he, he's been great since we got him. Here's the thing. During the regular season, I liked Derek White. I liked him off the bench. He was a good piece in place. I thought my, my dad's the biggest Derek White hater. He does not like Derek White. I don't know why. But anyways. Uh, Marty. Yes. I'm going to have to come over there and explain to Marty why he's wrong. He won't listen to you, and he'll tell you to shut up. And no, he'll listen to me. No, he won't. But anyways. He will listen to me. No, he won't. I'll just name a bunch of college quarterbacks, and then he'll like me. <laughs> that's, that's true. That I'll give you. <laughs> but Derek White. Did well in the regular season. Didn't really show yeah. up in the the Brooklyn and the um, the Milwaukee series. He Miami, not. he started to come around. In Golden State, he's arrived. He, he's he's done very well. It's that new dad strength. So that's what it is. That's, that's all it takes. You, you know, you pop out a kid and you play great. So let me ask you this, Maddie, and then we'll move into our last topic of the night. Uh-huh. By the time Legends Lingo is recorded next week, say Tuesday, Game Five will have been done. Where will this series stand? Game five will already be played. Yep. Thank you. I'll give you my thoughts if you want an extra. Yeah, you go, you go. I got to do math in my head. So you go first because you're the math teacher here between the two of us. I think the Celtics will be up three to two in this series. Okay, really cool. That's what I thought the math was. All right. Yeah, I agree. I think it's always going to be up three to two. I think the Celtics will be up 3-2, and they'll have They're a chance gonna to steal to- game five in Golden State, I think. Or they might even win game or four. Or they win tomorrow night. Yeah, they one or the other. They're not going to lose the next two. They're not no. doing that. 
No, I think that they will set it, set it up so that way they can win game six in the garden on Thursday night. I really think that that, that is in. That's a realistic possibility, right? There. Yes. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be a fun next couple episodes. This, yeah. <laughs> listen, there's at least three games left in this season. Could potentially be four. I'll be uh, anxiously waiting for the come recording me on this thing. So. Oh yeah, just just keep your phone on you. We we might need you. To I come. always do. I know you do. So Celtics <laughs> NBA Finals. Let's hope that they can take home one of the next two games and set themselves up for a game yeah. six championship clincher in Boston mass real quick before we move into the Patriots shout out to our friends at a and B kitchen and bar. If you want the experience of being at the game without actually being at the game, go check out a and B kitchen and bar, two locations in Beverly and Boston. They have great meals, great choices of alcoholic beverages and non-alcoholic beverages. The people are great. The ownership's great. Make sure to check them out. There's a location in Boston, right across from TD garden and the location in Beverly mass. Make sure to tell them that the Legends boys sent you. Go get a bite to eat and a cold beverage while you're enjoying the Celtics finals run. Go check them out. Something about tomorrow night really good with the Celtics that we didn't even talk about. Go ahead. The health of Steph Curry. So I was thinking about He's going to play. He's obviously going to play. He, he's going to play. How healthy is he going to be? I think he's going to be more, he- more healthy than the last time this happened. Because if you remember, last time Boston played at Golden State, Marcus Smart dove for a yep. loose ball, and that's mm-hmm. when Curry got hurt. Now, I think I think he's, he's more gonna... healthy, but he's not 100% like he has been throughout the series. He's been 100% this series. He's no longer going to be 100%. So we'll see if that injury is a factor tomorrow night. I'm going to tell you right now, if that leg is bothering him, the Celtics have to take advantage in game four. Yep. They have to. because You'll now... know early on if it's bothering him. Because if he's missing every three, he's throwing up tomorrow night. And this is part of the – attack, attack him. Yes, and that's part of the reason why I was saying game four wouldn't surprise me if the Celtics won. There's only one day off in between game three and game four. All the other days, there's three days in between, or well, two days to travel. There's the travel yeah, day. And the there's travel day. days are two, but the right. travel days are, yeah. So now this is big for the Celtics because if, like you said, if you can go at Curry, get him in foul trouble early, like you did in game three, then, you're, then you're in okay. a go after him then you're in a really good position. Now, granted, the, the Warriors' motion offense and you know backdoor cuts and everything, it's a work of art. It's great. But the Celtics can contain it more when Curry's not on the floor. Exactly. Simple. So we'll see what happens. Game four going to be interesting. Enough about the Seas. <laughs> Enough about the Celtics. We're going to be talking Celtics for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Patriots minicamp really quick. So Patriots minicamp has started. I believe they did two days of practices, if I'm not mistaken. Practice was canceled today. Right, the last day was canceled. Yeah. Mac Jones looking really good, completing a bunch of passes. They are hyping him up. This uh, media is they are hyping him up. In the, in the media, they he's the best he's ever looked. Oh yeah. But, but again, he's only been in the league for two years. But I get they're also related to his time at Alabama too. Absolutely. But here's the thing, right? So Mac Jones having a really good mini camp. Mm-hmm. The leadership is there. You know, he he's playing the air guitar to Bon Jovi songs. He's having fun. He's enjoying himself. It leads a lot looser me, than he was a year ago. Absolutely. And I'm going to tell you right now, this leads me into this question that I want to talk about in our Patriots segment. The Patriots have a tough schedule coming up in 2022. It's one of the toughest in the NFL. Ken Mac Jones. And obviously this is before. Now we're talking about this on let's see here. June 9th. 
So obviously there's a couple months before training mm-hmm. camp and all, all this other stuff. And then obviously the season. So I want to ask you this. Can Mac Jones take enough of a jump in year two to be the guy to depend on for the Patriots to get back into the playoffs? This, you know, I, I mean, they made it last year. They did, but they had a better team last year, especially on defense. They did, but Mac Jones is not on the defense. He's on the offense. He's not, and, and, and I'll give you that because obviously guys like Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, John o. Smith, Hunter Henry. Okay, here's the thing. I, I think we can all probably guess either Nikhil Harry or Nelson Adler will not be on the team on week one. One of them will be gone. Fair. But praise, he, God, praise God, let it be Nikhil Harry. But yes. anyways. Um, yes. I think, I think you know, despite the weak, I will say it, the weak wide receiving core that they have, I think they can still get a wild card berth. They're going to have a little more competition, though, this year, um, yep. obviously. Um, the AFC West is just, just a loaded loaded each team is just not fair um miami made a huge upgrade obviously they got tyree kill but tua is their quarterback so let's see how tua plays yep um the jets i mean we'll see what zach wilson can bring in here too buffalo's um, buffalo Buff- buffalo's gonna win the damn super bowl this year probably i hope uh, they do if the patriots don't obviously uh afc north uh depending on if um can't keep my hands to myself, Watson. Um, he's not going to play. play. Can, can we talk about that for a second? He's not going to play. It's the NFL, man. He's going to play. If he plays, it's a disgrace to the it, league. It's a and disgrace it's- if he plays. But, you know, Roger Goodell's track record is, oh, you did something bad to a female? Okay, here's a $20,000 fine. Go play football. Go make me money. Let me – and I just – I want That's his track record, unfortunately. Now, I want to ask you a question on this, and I just want this – Again, I'm not condoning this. This is just yeah. an alternative suggestion. Yeah. Similar to the MLB with what they did with Trevor Bauer. They gave him a two-year suspension from the MLB. Let's say Roger Goodell was like, all right, you're suspended for two to three years. Would that be enough? Yeah, because at that point, you're what you, you – I don't want to say waste. That's not the right word. But he's out, he's out of football for two to three years. Really, That's four years because he was out all of 2021. Exactly. So three, yeah, three to four. That's critical time he lost. Um, teams might not want to sign him, right? Because especially you know at, at this rate of when things are coming out about women coming out against him, Lord knows there's probably been more women that come out about him at the, at the rate that it's been going at. Right. And again, I'm not so. condoning. I'm not condoning what Watts did. I'm not saying he should ever be allowed to play again or whatever. I, was I don't just think asking. he should be in the league. I don't think he should be allowed in the league. So exempt, no. exempt, gone. Done. Completely gone. Okay. I mean, just it's disgusting what he did. So, and not only that, it's disgusting what the. I know we're not a Browns podcast, but it's disgusting what the Browns did with Baker Mayfield too. They yep. left him out to dry. They should have traded him as soon as they got Watson, and now they're playing limbo with him. They're in line. I'll tell you what. They are in line to have Jacoby Brissett be their starting quarterback in Week One. Which, like, not to knock on Brissett here. Brissett's actually a decent quarterback. He's respectable, but he's not He's not a top-of-the-line NFL You know, he's not, you know, a threat or anything like that, but he's a good quarterback. He's serviceable. He is, but he, he, but I'll tell you what. The Patriots can beat the Browns if Jacoby Brissett's their quarterback. Exactly. Exactly. Patriots can beat the Browns if Baker Mayfield's there. But anyways. But that's, that's a different uh, story. Going back, back to the back, back to the Patriots. So everyone in the AFC has upgraded except for the Patriots this year. That that's no secret. That's yeah. absolutely no. That's the that's the league's worst kept secret. The Patriots did not upgrade at all. They 
They downgraded. They downgraded. They did. If Mac can get a good, can, can get early chemistry with Devontae Parker, and if Devontae Parker can stay healthy, which that that's a challenge in itself, right there. I I think you know there you go. He's gonna have, he, that's gonna be his number one receiver. Yep. So you got it's Devontae him or Born. It's either gonna be him or Born. That's so I don't so here's here's what I disagree with you on here. I don't think the Patriots receiving core is weak. I think it's a it's a combination it's of talented. It's, well, it, it's a good it's a combination of good receivers underwhelming that are not great. So yeah. they have they have good receivers. Like I'd say Devontae Parker is a good receiver. Kendrick Bourne, good receiver. Jacoby Myers. Great, great slot receiver. Right. And then you and have, there's obviously a question mark with uh, Tyquan Thornton, you know, the rookie coming in from, uh, from Baylor. Yeah. Baylor, who's obviously the, the fastest receiver coming into this class this year. Um, unofficially ran a 4 2, uh, 4 2, 4 2 2 or 4 2 0 or something like that. It officially, it was 4 2 8. So, so, that, so you have that. Hell, he's going to, he's, he's obviously going to be your deep threat. That's, that's exactly what he's going to be. He's going to be a deep threat. Yep. He's going to be nothing more, nothing less. He's going to be a deep threat. That's and all that's they're going to practice with him. And he's probably also going to be a return specialist, too. That's, that's what he's going to be. In his first I, year. I think, I, I think, I think Mac is going to also build off of what he had with Hunter Henry last year. I was just uh, about to say, you have Hunter Henry that's back for his second year. He was John healthy last have year. A, John Johnny bounced bounce back. back here. Yep. This is going to be a bounce back year for him. Yep. Now that he has a year under, under his belt with the with the offense, now he knows what's expected of him. He's gonna pop. He's gonna pop off this year because I know last year I was hyping him up to you last year. And he didn't live up to, to the hype I gave him. I, I know. It's okay. I, I know. It's all right. He's but gonna do about, it this year. He's gonna do it this year. Think about this too, and think about this. You have David Andrews back on the line. You have Isaiah Wynn, who hopefully will stay healthy and hopefully can turn it turn it around. Well, hopefully Isaiah Wynn knows how to be an offensive lineman. True. Michael and Wenu, who can play anywhere on the line. You used your first round pick on Cole Strange, so hopefully he gives you still something. Strange, that is still one of the not to make fun of his last name. That's such a strange pick, though. It, it was, it was, it was odd. I will give you that. And then who's the fifth offensive lineman? That's the question. Oh, I'll Trent Brown. Someone. You got Trent Brown back. Yeah. So that offensive line, if Strange, if they, just, if they protect Mac and Mac has time to make plays, or he, he gives make the plays. ball to Harris, who by the way has bulked up. Uh, this is going to be a big, you know, Harris knows that this is a contract year for him. Um, he's going to play out of his mind this year because he, he kind of has made it known that he wants to stay in New England. So which I wouldn't so, mind. He's been great. So I know they also drafted Pierre Strong from uh, North Dakota State. Yep. Obviously, they got James White coming back from a knee, knee injury. Yeah, it was right? the knee. It was the knee. We were, we were at the game. We were at the game. We were there. It happened almost right in front of us. Uh, um, you know, you got, you got strong, you got, you got white, you got Harris. Forget Stevenson, Ramondre Stevenson, Ramondre Stevenson, too. Who had a great rookie year. Yep. See what he's like in year two. This, this, this can be an offense. that's either going to be really good or really bad. There's no in between with this. I, I, I think they're going to take a huge step in the right direction. I really do. They're going to surprise it, some people again this year. Like they did last year. I think, yep. I think this is, this is a wild card team. They're, no way in hell they're beating the Bills to be to be uh, AFC East champs this year. No way in hell. No, no shot. No. Can no they go to Buffalo? Can... can they go to Buffalo and win a game, or can they beat Buffalo and New England? Absolutely. But they can. But they, they need throws the ball three times. We win. So they need everything to go right. That's the thing. They need the linebackers. They need Cam McGrone, Raquan McMillan. 
maybe you re-sign Dante Hightower for a year to give you that veteran leadership. He would be re-signed by now. I know he would have been, he was at the Celtics team the other night, but anyways, that that's a different story. But if the linebackers can actually put pressure on the quarterback, if you can actually have guys like Judon have a repeat performance of what he did the first three quarters of last year, he's going to. I hope so. And if you have some some decent play from your corners and everything else, you will be fine. I'm not saying you're going to be a 12 and five team. You're not going to be that. But I think 10 and seven is once again in the cards. It really is. And I think Mac in year two. As long as he keeps developing, as long as there's some consistency in that offense and Belichick doesn't give the power to somebody that can screw it up, you're fine. I really think they, you're going to be fine. They can, they can clinch a berth. They can also clinch a top 15 draft pick. They can. Either I, way. I, either- like my, uh, my floor for them this year is 7 and 10. That's my floor, yep. 7 and 10. And then my ceiling for them is about, honestly, 10 and 7. That's fair. They're going to be in that range this year. I think their ceiling is 11 and 6. I, I think, realistically, they can yeah. hit 10 and 7. I it's, really it's, think they can. That, that, end, that stretch at the end of the year, though, was brutal. That's the thing. I was going to say, I was going to say, do you want to do it right now? Do you want to go through the schedule right now? We've already done this like off of the podcast. I think we came up with an 11 and six record or whatever. We did because there's, there's a lot of winnable games on that schedule. The NFC North besides the Packers is not that good. That could be potentially three wins right there. They could but, still beat the Packers because they don't have Adam. They don't have Adams. Right. So that makes it easier. Just and the Packers are still going to by the time that the Patriots and Packers play each other, it's a week. It's like week three or four. four I think week four, yeah. week five. It's early on in the season. They're still going to be figuring out what their identity is without Devontae Adams now. Correct. Um, in truth, I don't know any receivers on that team other than Sammy Watkins. Which if, if that's your number one receiver. Uh. Exactly. So <laughs> I, I think we can conclude that Mac Jones can lead them to the playoffs. It's just a situation where he needs the blocking in front of him and he needs production out of his receiving core and out of the backfield. Simple as that. We'll talk about Red Sox next week. I mean, the Red Sox, they have been turning it around. They're on a seven-game win streak right now. All it takes is to beat up the jokes out west. Hey, listen, they swept the athletics. They took care of business. They're going to win three, at least three out of four against the Angels, maybe even sweep them. And then you got the the Mariners, who you swept earlier in the year. They just made the Angels fire Joe Madden. They're like, all right, we can't beat the Red Sox. See you later, Joe. Exactly. And that's going to lead into a tough, like, end of June, early July because you're going to have the AL, AL East yeah. you got to deal with. But we'll talk about that next week when Powder's back. And if Maddie comes back in here, we'll make sure that he gets his uh, his moments in there too. Make sure to follow Maddie on Twitter at Matthew underscore Jordan with three T's. And make sure to follow his podcast, Bernie and Chris podcast, on all social media platforms. New intern's making his debut next week. New intern. Goodbye to Earl. RIP Earl. Make sure to check out everything. CouchGuysports.com. Check out everything. The podcasts the daily writings, everything else. Make sure to rate and subscribe to the Legends Lingo podcast on iTunes and Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, everywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Powder will be back next week. We'll talk some baseball and we'll talk everything else. Celtics finals, obviously. And the Bruins will probably do something else dumb, but we'll see what happens. But if nothing (laughs) else for for this week, that's Maddie Burnett over there. I'm your host, Alan Nahigian. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week for episode 176. No leaves.